discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. We give you glory, give you praise. We are prepared, Lord. Speak to our spirits. Speak to our situations. Guide us to the place of joy. Guide us to the, the place of increase. Thank you, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Every child of God has been born for a life of greatness. Remember, the Bible calls us the seed of Abraham, isn't it? Ask your neighbor, are you the seed of Abraham? What did your neighbor say? You are the seed of Abraham. Where is it found? Where is that scripture found? In the Bible. <laughs> Adele. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. Verse 13, 14, then verse 20. Seven, isn't it? Jesus Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Curse is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Jump to 20, 29. 29. And if ye be Christ's, let's read from verse 28. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither born nor free, there's neither male nor female, for ye are all one in. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither born nor free, there's neither male nor female. So in Christ, there's no male or female. <laughs> so ask your neighbor, so what are you? In other words, there's no limit to what we can achieve. There's no limit to what we can achieve. In the Old Testament, females were not counted. That is why you don't, yes, that is why you don't see Adam's daughters being mentioned. But Adam had daughters. So you wonder where Cain got his wife. Because you read the Genesis chapter 4, you realize that Cain all of a sudden had a wife. Meanwhile, there were only Adam and Eve on earth. And they gave birth to Cain and then Abel. But then Cain all of a sudden has a wife. Where did he get the wife from? So some people have, have devised doctrines that say that there were other people in another place. You know, when, when Eve gave birth to Cain, she said that at long last, God has given me a male child, a child who is after the image of God. That was what, that was what she said. Okay? If you've noticed, when Jesus fed 5,000 people, they didn't say he fed 5,000 men and women. They said 5,000 men. Women were not mentioned. Women were not counted. It was not even part of, the, they were not part of the count. Let alone mentioned. 
It's a very serious thing. But in Christ, there's neither male nor female. Whether you are male or female makes no difference. You can achieve greatness as a female. You can become who God wants you to become as a female. Hallelujah. There is neither Jew nor Greek. In Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek. Being a Jew does not put you over somebody. Makes no difference. We are all one in Christ. It says there is neither bond nor free. All of us are the same in Christ. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next verse, verse 29. And if ye be Christ, are you Christ? Yeah. Do you understand? Like, do you, know, do you understand what he's saying? Do, are you for Christ or are you? Do you belong to Christ? That's what he's saying. Okay. And if ye be Christ, okay. Look at First Corinthians three twenty one. Okay, what does it say? Therefore, let no man glory in men. For all things, for all things, are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos. Or surface or the world or life or death, all things, all things present, all things to come, all are yours. And ye are, and ye are, and Christ is. So he says, All things are yours, and ye are Christ's. You belong to Christ. He's saying the same thing in the other side in Galatians 3. He says, And if ye be Christ, if you are Christ, <laughs> all of us are the same in Christ. There's neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next verse, verse 29. And if ye be Christ, are you Christ? Do you understand? Like, do you you understand what he's saying? Are you for Christ or are you, do you belong to Christ? That's what he's saying. Okay? And if ye be Christ. Okay, look at 1 Corinthians 3, 21. Okay, what does it say? Therefore, let no man glory in men. For all things, for all things, are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, all things, all things present, all things to come, all are yours. And ye are, and ye are, and Christ is. So he says, all things are yours, and ye are Christ's. You belong to Christ. He's saying the same thing in the other side, in Galatians 3. He says, and if ye be Christ's, if you are Christ, <laughs> if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed, accord and as according to the promise. Ye are Abraham's seed. Every single individual who is a child of God is Abraham's seed. Why is he so emphatic on calling you the seed of Abraham? There's something special about it. Why is he not saying you are Jacob's seed? Why is he not saying you are Samson's seed? Why is he not saying you are David's seed? Because a certain promise was made to Abraham. A certain word that God spoke to Abraham. So many years ago, more than 2,000 years ago. More than 4,000 years ago. God appeared to a man called Abraham and spoke a word to him and made a promise to him. And said something very special to him. So if you are in Christ... If you are a child of God, if you are born again, if you have received Christ as Lord and personal Savior, if you, are, if you know about the fact that he died for you and that he rose again from the dead for you and that he ascended for you and that you are one with him, he says you are Abraham's seed. So let's see what God said to Abraham. I think it should be of interest to us. What do you think? It's very important. God said something to Abraham. We have to see it. Genesis chapter what? Chapter 12. Let's read from verse 1. 
Hallelujah. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. Next verse. And I'll make of thee a what? A great nation. I'll make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. This is what God said to Abraham. He says, and I'll make of you, if you obey what I'm saying, I'll make of you a great nation, and I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I'll make your name great. God is interested in making Abraham's name great. Can you imagine? It's God's personal ambition to make Abraham great. To make of him a great nation. To make his name great. And that through, he says, you shall be a blessing. Next verse, look at the next verse, verse 3. And I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. In you shall all families of the earth be blessed. So if anybody wants to be blessed, where should he go to? He has to contact Abraham. I will make you great and make your name great. The Bible says that the blessings that God gave to Abraham was not to him only, but to his seed. But to his seed. God told Abraham that I will let kings come out of your loins. Also God told Abraham, kings shall come out of your loins. It's amazing. Kings. Do you know kings? He says kings, you see it happened literally. It happened literally. The first king that came out of Abraham's loins was Saul. Then David came. Then Solomon. Then he went on and on and on. Kings, plenty. If you like read first and second kings, you'd be surprised at how many kings came out of Abraham's loins. Plenty kings. Plenty kings. Yeah. Genesis 35, 11. This, is, this, is to, this was even to Abraham's seed. At this time, Abraham was gone, isn't it? Yeah. So this was to, I think, Jacob. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful, multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. And kings shall come out of thy loins. It's part of the Abrahamic blessing. Kings shall come out of your loins. Kings shall come out of your waists. <laughs> Hallelujah. Kings shall come out of your loins. Say, I'm a king. Say it again, I'm a king. You see, the fact that you are born again makes you a king. And makes you great automatically. God has a personal ambition concerning your life to make you great. Yes, that's God's interest in your life. He's in your life to make you great. I don't know what your definition of what do you think greatness mean? What do you think greatness mean? It doesn't matter who you are born to. It doesn't matter who you are born to. You may have been born to a poor family. Poor father, poor mother. Makes no difference. This is, you have been moved from the family of the devil into the family of God. Have you read John chapter 1 verse 11 and 12 before in your life? What does it say? He came to his own, first of all. He says he came to his own, but his own received him not. But as many, as many, have you received him? If you haven't received him, then you're not the one I'm talking about. But if you have received him, but as many as received him to them. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus Christ. As many as received Jesus Christ to them, he gave the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. He gave them power to become the sons of God. Then he says that men 
children who are born not of, look at the next verse, which were born not of blood, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. So because you are born again now, you have nothing to do with your family. Your destiny has nothing to do with your family any longer. Maybe you were born into a family where everybody, you die at 55 or 45 or something. Minus you. Because you have been taken from that family and you have been plunged into the family of God. Another one says, the scriptures are saying, it says, which were born not of blood. Their birth is not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God himself is the one who has given birth to you and I. Are you born again? Yeah. Ask me, are you born again? If you are born again, then you have been moved from your natural family. You are no more in your natural family. You have to understand that fact. I know you look like them. I know you bear their name. I know you have their color. I know you even speak like they do. You, you remember your mother tongue. We know. We are aware. Tell me about we are aware. But the reality is that you have been moved from the kingdom of darkness, moved from your family into the family of God. Moved into the family of God. And that family is a family of greatness. Greatness. So you see the way your, your, your face is looking right now. You are seeing it like you are nothing. You are the one who has been marked and set by God for greatness. You have, you have to believe it. You have to believe it. You have been marked by God. I've showed it to you. You have been marked by God for greatness. It's as if you be Christ's. Then are ye Abraham's seed. And you are heirs according to the promise. You are heirs. We are inheritors of the promise that God gave to Abraham. He calls it the promise of the Spirit. Do you remember? In verse 14. Galatians 3, verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham, you remember the blessing? What was the blessing? I will make you great. Isn't it? I will make you great. Do you remember? I will make you great. And I will make you a great nation. All nations of the earth shall be blessed in you. Isn't it? All families of the earth shall be blessed in you. Everybody shall be blessed through you. He says that so that the Christ hung on the cross, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, you and I, through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise. The promise that the actual promise that God made to Abraham was the promise of the Spirit. <laughs> I'm not the one saying this. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise which is the Spirit through faith. Now that you have the Holy Ghost, you, you are not permitted to fail. It's not possible. It's not possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you are sleeping under a tree right now. Maybe you are sleeping in a cardboard right now. I'm here to tell you that you have been born for greatness. Do you believe what I'm saying? Yeah. See, I'm born for greatness. I'm born for Say it again. I'm born, I'm born for greatness. Because I'm Abraham's seed. I'm Abraham's seed. Say it again. I'm Abraham's seed. I'm Abraham's seed. I, cannot I cannot be poor. Hallelujah. 
taken out of. Look at James chapter 1, verse 18. Can you read it to me? James 1 18. One to go. Read it again. Of his own will. Of God's own will, he gave birth to us. Of God, it's God's own will. It's not, it's not, some, nobody was, nobody compelled him. Nobody compelled God to get you into, into contact with him. It's God who came looking for us. Of his own will, he gave birth to us. Of his own will, begat us. With the word of truth. He did it with the word of truth. So if you're a child of God, you are actually born out of the word of truth. It's a reality. It's not, it's not a false something. You may feel different, you may, whatever, makes no difference. This is what God says. He says, yeah, of his own will begat us with the word of truth. With the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. A kind of first fruits. A special breed. Demonstrators of his grace. Demonstrators of his goodness. Demonstrators of his power. That is what God has given birth to us for. Have you read First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 before? What, what does First Peter 2 9 say? But you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. We are peculiar people. We are peculiar people. We are different. We are not. We are not normal. We are not ordinary. Are you born again? Yeah. If you are born again, then you are not ordinary. He says, but we are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Let's read the amplified version of this. Very nice. Someone says, oh, but I know the scriptures. You don't know it well. You don't remember the last time you remembered this particular scripture in your life. You don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember the last time we taught like this. You see, the problem is that you, you know it in your head. It's not seeped into your spirit yet. It has to seep into your spirit. Okay? It has to seep into your spirit. Yes. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased. You are God's own purchased special people that you may set forth. You have been purchased by God to set forth the wonderful deeds. This is the reason why we were born again. To set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of God who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. How can you set forth God's perfections and God's wonderful deeds be an ordinary thing no that that is the beginning of greatness do you understand you know just imagine the president of this country calling you out and saying that you are the one who is going to be displaying my projects wherever in this country and and represent me you talk on my behalf you do everything on my behalf you are my right hand you are me will you be ordinary from that day onwards even if he spoke it to you in a corner, it makes no difference. There's an authority that backs you. As you come out of that corner, everybody will know that, hey, this is the one who's representing the president. God is bigger than the president of this country. He is. He's way bigger than the president of this country. And God is saying that I've chosen you to be my representative wherever you go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To set for the greatness. The greatness of God, the power of God, the virtues of God, the glory of God. Yeah. The wonderful deeds and display the virtues, display the virtues of God and perfections of God. 
display, just think about it for a moment. The wonderful deeds of God, the wonderful doings of God. Do you think Jesus was great when he was on earth? Was Jesus great when he was on earth? Why do you think he was great? He was above normal. He was not ordinary. I mean, how many people... Does your father multiply bread for people? No, no, no. I mean, if your father was multiplying bread for people, we all come to your father and come and see your father. He doesn't, he doesn't multiply bread. Jesus was multiplying bread. The guy walked on water. They said, what manner of man is this? That even the seas obey him. The seas and the winds obey him. Has your, has your uncle spoken to the seas and the winds before for them to obey him? No, Jesus was great. Very great. Very, very, he was out of the ordinary, out of the normal. He was out of the normal. It wasn't normal. I mean, he speaks to blind eyes, blind eyes open. His speech was different. Very different. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus says something. He says, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 20, verse 21. He says, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Oh, everything that I was doing before is what he has sent you to do. So we are marked out for greatness. We are marked out for greatness. Uh, the, the big question is, why is it that we are not seeing it the way we are supposed to? Is that not what you want to know? Why am I not seeing it the way I am supposed to? Why is it not happening the way it's supposed to? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to share with you Seven vital keys to manifesting your greatness. Did you hear me? Seven what? Vital keys to manifesting your greatness. Because we are not trying to be great. We've been born great. We've been born into greatness. Greatness is is our middle name. We are born great because we are the seed of Abraham. But that greatness must show forth. It, must, it has to show forth, isn't it? Yes. When you look at yourself, realize that it's like you are not great. Your name has not extended beyond your own corridor. Sometimes we talk about designer's clothes, designer's perfume, designer's shoes. Your own, your own name can be a designer cloth yeah. and a designer perfume yeah. and a designer shirt and a designer something. Oh, you've never thought about it. God wants you to take your mind from what people have done to what he has in you and what you can do. That is why I've come to preach this message to you. See, I'm marked out for greatness. Say it again. I'm marked out for greatness. Your life, your life is set for extraordinary things. Okay? When you touch something, you should know that it's not going to stay where it is. You must have foolish confidence. Stupid confidence. No. <laughs> it's my birthday gift to you. It's, it's my birthday gift. It's, it's really on my heart. And until I finish preaching it, I will not sit down. We receive it. Seven, they are vital keys. They are vital keys. Seven vital keys 
to manifesting your greatness. Your greatness. Key number one. Dream big. Dream big. Did you hear me? What did I say? What did I say? Dream what? Dream, dream big. Nobody will, will charge you for dreaming big. How you see is what you become. What you see is what you become. What you, the Bible says, as a man thinketh and is that so easy. If you think that you are nothing, you will be nothing. You will be most nothing. If you think that you are something, you will be very something. It's a key. It's a first. Without that, you can't. Your life can't start. Dream big. We are in a kingdom of dreams, a kingdom of dreamers. Now, a dream is fueled by something called, or hails from something called a vision. Okay. Without a vision, you can't dream. George chapter 2. Look at George chapter 2, verse 28. The Bible says that it shall come to pass in the last days. That what? I shall pour out my spirit upon all men. And your sons and your daughters shall what? Shall prophesy. Then he says, and your young men shall see visions. So seeing visions is for who? And it shall come to pass after all that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Your young men shall... Are you a young man? Abraham at age 75 was called by God. And God showed him a vision. God showed him a vision. So at age 75, you are still a young man. He showed him a vision. Visions concerning his life. You see... People don't have their dreams coming to pass because they are dreaming foolish dreams. They are dreaming dreams that are not in line with the vision of God for their life. That is where the problem is. So you can dream as big as you want, but because it is not in line with the vision of God for your life, it will not come to pass. People are pregnant with certain visions and certain dreams that will never come to pass. So it will become perpetual pregnancy because there's no... I was asking a question here on Wednesday. Ask, what is your ambition? And someone, was, someone said something. I want to be, he said, I want to finish my master's and have my PhD as a newscaster and work with BBC. And this is a, it's a lot of things. But the first question is, is it from the vision of God for your life? Because he's dreaming big. But is it in line with the vision of God for your life? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So a, a dream cannot happen until it is in line with the, the vision of God for your life. Until it is in line with the plans and purposes of God for your life. Vision is not the same as ambition. Ambition comes with anxiety. Vision comes with peace. Let me show you a scripture. Jeremiah chapter 29. No, Psalm 85 verse 8. We'll read Jeremiah 29 11 soon. Psalm 85 verse 8. We are talking about dreams and visions from God. Not from any other person. Okay? I will hear what the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. I will hear what the Lord will speak, 
I will hear what the Lord will speak. For what? He will speak peace. If God is the one who has spoken, what will happen? Peace. Peace unto his people and to his says, but let them not turn again to folly. Let them not turn again to foolishness. He says, I will hear what the Lord, so you must start by hearing what the Lord has to say. And when you hear what the Lord has to say, it will come with peace. For instance, I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. I've been pastor for some years now. I have every right to dream big concerning what I'm doing because I am in the vision of God. I understand the vision of God. I understand where, where, where God wants me to be. I understand what God wants me to do. So I can stand and see that I can have dreams, wild dreams concerning the ministry. Because I'm where God wants me to be. If you are not where God wants you to be, you, you can't dream. You will dream, but it will never come to pass. You will dream about big things. And that's where motivational speaking has a problem. They never tell you about the fact that you must be in line with God's vision and God's will for your life. You have to be in line with God's vision. It's important. If you are not in line with God's vision, you'll be in trouble. What is God's vision? What is God's vision? God has a broad vision. But in that broad vision, he has a vision for every single individual. Okay? He has a vision for every single individual. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I'm showing you the vision of God. Okay? It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Look at the next verse. Called according to what? His purpose. God has purpose. God has purpose. Success is not seen and viewed in the eyes of the, of the successor or the one who has succeeded. Success is viewed as success in the eyes of the one who called the one who succeeded. No, we, you, we, I'm your lecturer in school. Okay? Am I not the one who's going to lecture you, give you exams and mark the papers? If I gave you exams concerning drawing and labeling uh, uh, a lizard, and you have studied on, learned, uh, on a frog, and you come and answer a frog, accurately, you, label, you draw a frog, label all its parts correctly, and tell, tell me the functions. Have you passed the exam? In your eyes, you have done something good, isn't it? But in my eyes, have you done something good? You have failed miserably. I may subtract it in your other papers. I will subtract it from your other papers because you're a very foolish boy. That is not what we asked you to do. We, we asked you to do something else. You have also done something else. At this juncture, one may ask, What is a frog? One may ask, I don't know if you, hear, you heard that story. Yeah. At this juncture, one may ask, Draw and label a frog. And give, you've set your own exam questions and you are, setting, you are answering your own questions. That is where the problem is. Hallelujah. So you can succeed along a certain line. You don't need God to succeed, actually. You don't need God to have a certain kind of greatness. You don't. And it's been proven time and time again. But for God to say thank you after, after the end of everything, you need God. And I think that's what you want. You want greatness and success along the lines of God, along the lines that God wants for you, not what you think is, is good for you. So I'm showing you. It says, for whom he did foreknow, all those of us whom he did foreknow, Foreknowledge. He knew us before time. God knew us before time and planned our paths, okay, to go in the paths that He wants for, for us to go. 
God is not confused. What Pastor Antonio is supposed to accomplish with his life is not the same as what Pastor Jennifer is supposed to produce with her life. It's not the same. They are two different individuals. They have different voices. They have different thumbprints. Different, even if you are twins, a lot of things are different. Still, your thumbprints are different. Your voice are different. Everything is different. And what this one is supposed to achieve is different from what this one is supposed to achieve. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. So God has predestinated you. He has a predestination for you. He, he's predetermined your destiny and where you are supposed to end up before you even began your life. God knows where you are supposed to be. God knows where you are supposed to end your life. He knows when your expiry date will come. He knows everything. Okay, this is a good verse. It says, for those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning, foreordaining them to be molded into the image of his son. Are you saying it? He, he also destined from the beginning, foreordaining them to be molded into the image of his son. So the vision of God for your life and the purpose of God for your life is so that you will be molded into the image of his son. And I preached a long message on it, and I titled it Icon, if you remember. Or Icon, I, I titled it Icon just a few months ago. You can listen to that message to help you, okay? I may not go through all of that. But I want you to know that there's a broad vision of God. Everybody needs to conform to the image of his son. Everybody. Say everybody. everybody. Say it again, everybody. everybody. All of us. In other words, as the years go by, you're supposed to look more like Christ than you are looking now. Your thought processes must be like Christ. Your actions must be like Christ. Your character must be like Christ. That is God's vision for your life. We should be in heaven by now. We should be physically in heaven by now because earth is not nice. Why are we still here? We are still here because of this. So that we can be molded into the image of Christ. We look like him within, but without we don't look like him. So what is inside must put on, must come out and cover the outside. So God wants you to look more like Christ. That's the vision of God for your life. Oh. This is the vision of God for your life. All God wants you to be is to look more like his son, Jesus Christ. Is to conform to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says so that he might be the first one among many brethren. He might be the first one among many brethren. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and verse 4 and verse 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. He says God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. That, why did he choose us? He chose us so that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Have you seen it? Yeah. How is that going to be? Next verse. Having predestinated us. He's talking about predestination once again. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself. According to the pleasure of his will. This is the pleasure of God's will. That you will be, you'll be an adopted child by Jesus. You see, what he's trying to say is that the word adoption, eh, the word adoption is euthasia. And what it means is that you must look like Christ. You must grow. Okay? From being a baby to becoming a full developed man who looks exactly like Christ in the spirit. That is the purpose of God for your life. It's according to the good pleasure of his will. So that on that day, I'm showing you the big picture, the big vision of God. So that you can dream well. So if you are in this world, 
if you are born again and you are not developing along the lines of like your spiritual life is not getting better and better you are not becoming you you realize you, you became born again five years ago you were getting angry five years ago now that you are you are five years on you are angrier more angrier than you were when you were you got born again it means that you have not really developed you may be richer than you were before but you've still not fulfilled god's vision for your life money doesn't mean much one rich man had so much money his his farm produced so much and he pulled down his barn and built a bigger barn and said to himself so you have so much to eat relax eat and have your fail and that, the Bible says that same night, God said that, thou fool, I'm requesting your expiry date is tonight. This is your expiry date. He had pl- we had put plenty of money down, but his expiry date had come. And he died that day. His soul was required from him. There's a day coming when God will require a soul from you. But that soul that is being required must look like Christ on that day. And that's the big vision. That's the vision of God. So after all is said and done, they will not ask you about how many children you had. They will not ask you about who you married. They will not ask you about what, how many companies you established. They will ask you, how did you conform? Did you conform to the image of a son? That's what they will ask. That's what they will ask. Did you conform? To, and that is success in God's eyes. You have succeeded. That's the first aspect. Yeah. That's the first aspect. So, real success is not how much money you've gathered. No, no, no. Real success is not how many cars you've bought. So when I say greatness, don't think along a certain line only. That is not where it, be, that's not where it starts from. Greatness is in achieving and accomplishing success according to your caller. Who is your caller? Who is your caller? This is what he defines as Success. Jump to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You see it there. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some pastors, some evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Okay? For the perfecting of the saints for the work, for the work of the ministry. For the full equipping of the saints. In other words, if you become a child of God, God wants you to be fully equipped. So that you can accomplish something else in other people. As you are being changed into the image of Christ, you must assist others in changing into the image of Christ. This is the second stage of the definition of God's success and the definition of God's vision. You can do whatever. You can become a basketball star, whatever, if it is not conforming you into the image of your son. And aiding others conform to the image of a son. You have not done much. You have set another question for yourself. You are answering a question on frog. <laughs> Meanwhile, God is going to mark you on lizard. You have missed it. For the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The word edifying means to build up. Build up into what? He's going to show you. Okay? He's going to show you in some few minutes. Okay, let's read Amplified. His intention was a, go up, go to verse 11. And his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us 
some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of his flock, and teachers. Next verse. His intention, he gave all these people, the reason why we are there for you, is so that God, is, God doesn't do anything for nothing. Okay? He gave you pastors and all that. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, which is the church. What is Christ's body? The church. He is the church. You are the church. You are the church. We are all the church. So if I aid him conform to the image of a son, I am succeeding. I am fulfilling the vision of God for my life. I'm talking in general terms. Then we'll come to specific times. Okay? So if we look at the way the world defines success and, and glory, you may, you, may, you may miss it completely. Next verse. So we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. He says we, he wants us to be as I'm growing in the Lord, as I'm conforming to the image of a son, and aiding you conform to the image of a son. This process must continue to the point where we come to the full knowledge of the son of God. Who is the son of God? Jesus Christ. Is he not the same person we're talking about all this while? That we might conform to the image of a son. Isn't it? That we might be, we might be adopted children in Christ. Is that not so? I showed it to you Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 and 4. Then I showed it to you in Ephesians, uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 28, 29, 30. Isn't it? Yeah. So it says that we all come in the angel of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Perfect man. The word perfect is teleos. And it comes from a certain Greek word that is, that is translated. That is a, is a root word for all these words. Telescope, telephone, tele... Vision, telegram, tell you what? What tell you again? You know, <laughs> tell it, <tabis. laughs> tell you novella, tell you whatever. So, the word perfect is what tell us, isn't it? And I said it's where the English word tell you, tell you things are come from television, telegram, tell And you see, all those things have, if we say telephone. What it means is that you don't have to be there to be able to hear the person's voice. The person can be in a car. You are not seeing the person, but you are hearing the person's voice. And getting instructions from the person instant to be able to perform what the person says you have to do. Do you understand? If we say television, television can be live. You are not there, but you are seeing all that they are doing. Live. And you can follow what is going on. Telegram is the same tell you whatever. All the telly things are like that. So what he's saying here is that he wants us to come to full maturity to the point that there's no difference between Jesus Christ and us. As Jesus thinks in heaven, you are also thinking here on earth. It has to do with you seeing what is being done and doing it in record time. Without any distance, any, any difference. Same thing. How many buildings did Jesus build when he came on earth? How many cars did he buy? Zero. How many wives did he marry? Zero. How many companies did he build? None. Is he a success? He is the definition for success. Success is in doing what your caller has said you should do. 
What did the scholar say you should do? You should come and come and die. And that's exactly what it did. And his success was in fulfilling that particular call. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Of the fullness of Christ. That, this is God's will. And this is our greatness. This is our greatness. Now, I told you that I was speaking in general terms. Okay, So this is for everybody, every child of God. But in this, there are specifics. There are specifics. Look at Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I have towards... Is it, did he say, I know, the, I know the thoughts I have towards everybody? No. You. Specific. I know the thoughts that I have towards you. See the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. So there are specific thoughts concerning your life. Okay? In that broad vision, there are specific thoughts. Specific thoughts. For instance, when you enter the temple of Solomon, there were two big pillars that supported the roof of the building, of the temple. One was named after a priest called Jackin. And then the other was named after a businessman called Boaz. Okay? That represented the body of Christ. The temple represents the body of Christ. Because we are the temple of God. Isn't it? God is building a church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Two things. One is along the lines of the priests. The other is along the lines of business. To achieve God's vision. What is God's vision? That we all be conformed to the image of his son. Isn't it? What is God's vision? That we all come to the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the son of God. Unto a perfect man. Unto the fullness of of the measure of the stature of Christ. Is that not so? Yeah. Now, for that to be achieved, two different sides are needed. The side of business and the side of the priests. Are you what I'm talking about? So some of us are to end up doing something that will bring a lot of money to the temple for the temple to be built. And some of us are also to end up in... A, this, these are the two broad categories of the specific calling of God for all of our lives. So it's either you end up... Now, don't say that because I'm a business person, I have nothing to do with... <laughs> I have nothing to do with what we just spoke about with respect to getting people to conform to the image of his son. No, that is for all of us. Remember, it's a broad vision of God for everybody. Are you seeing it? But in that vision, there are those who have a specific call of falling along the lines of business. And those who have a specific call of falling along the line of priests. I'm falling along the line. I'm not a businessman. Even though I train as a business person, I'm not into business. When I inquired from God, the line he told me to fall into is a line of ministry. I'm in the pillar of, of, of jacking. Are you getting it? Yeah. Hmm. You may fall in the pillar of Boaz or fall in the pillar of jacking. You must find out exactly what God would want you to do because it's a specific call of God for your life. First Kings chapter 7 verse 21. And he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple. And he set up the right pillar and called the name there of jacking. And he set up the left pillar and called the name there of Boaz. I'm not lying, it's in the Bible. So for God's vision to be accomplished, 
these two things are our sources or our means of expressing the greatness of God that is hidden in us. Hallelujah. You must inquire from God what he wants you to do. You know, every child of God is entitled to hear God's voice. Do you know that? That's why I tell you to wait on God. Okay? You must wait on God to hear exactly what God would want you to do. Which one do you want me to fall into? Business? Ministry? Don't let an impression lead you. Or else you make a mistake. Don't let an ambition lead you. Or else you make a mistake. Some of us have not even yet understood the broad vision of God yet. I just told you, you have to understand it. It's very important. If that is not in place, whatever you do is off, is out. You can become a big professional, big doctor, consultant, doing all kinds of things. But you have missed the first vision of God. So all that you are doing is outside. You are answering the questions on frog that you have set yourself. All of Israel lived their lives okay, towards the tabernacle of God. You know, Israel, when they were moving in the, in the desert, they always carried the tabernacle of God wherever they went. When they sat in their camp, they would put the tabernacle of God in, them, in their midst. And all the tribes will live, will gather themselves around that particular tabernacle. And they all lived facing the tabernacle. They lived their lives with the tabernacle, with the temple of God as their center, as their focus. So if you are living your life with Christ not being your center, you are in trouble. That is why the vision of the ministry is to make Christ the center of all. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Dream big. Isn't it? Dream big. But the dream must be in the vision of God. Or else you are in trouble. So when you found out where... You see, and how do you find out? Seek God. It's called seeking God. Talk to God. God, what do you want me to do with myself? I'm talking about permanent, like where you will be permanently or where you will be per time. Sometimes God leads you per time, depending on what you, you tell you, go here, go here, be here, do this, do that, do this, do that. You don't just do whatever you want to do. Okay? You must set up yourself to hear what God will tell you. Just I'll set up my watch to hear what the Lord will say unto me. A lot of people have tried things. Has it ever happened to you? Yeah. Tried things. You are starting, you are, you are starting your own business. You think you should work with a certain company. You think you should be here. You've done plenty of things. Haven't you? Haven't you? Are you not tired? We're trying to do things your own way. We've, you've attempted so many businesses that has not worked. You use others to comfort yourself that they, oh, they started so many businesses didn't work. Their last one was what worked. I'm waiting for my last one to work. You are, you are comforting yourself with the wrong things. What you should be doing is to wait on God. And hear what God will say to you. You must get into the culture of praying to hear what God wants for you. For instance, you don't enter ministry because of hunger. Situation. Situation leads people into ministry. And they are there. Unemployment. Graduate unemployment leads you into ministry. Full time, of course. When God has not called you to be there. Yeah, and you struggle, you struggle. 
Remember when God says it comes with peace. It comes with peace. It doesn't come with struggle. It doesn't come with anxiety. We have to express our greatness. We have to. You have to know exactly where God wants you to be. Where would you want me to be? Find out. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. How many of you had to go to school to learn your mother tongue? You speak Akan, right? You're a cheap person, you're a Akan person. Did you go to school to learn Akan? No, please. Are you sure? Yes. What did you go to school to learn? English. <laughs> English. English is not a mother tongue. Is English your mother tongue? Did someone teach you how to speak ever? Those who speak ever. You are from the north. Speak some of your language for us. Say something. Say, say how are you doing in, in your language? What? Did you learn it? Did you go to school to learn it? Never. Never. How, how did you learn it? At home. You don't go to school to learn your mother tongue. Same way, our mother tongue is the voice of the Lord. We don't go, you don't have to learn, you don't have to learn anything. We are automatically fixed and fitted by God to hear his voice. God is willing and ready to talk to you concerning where you are supposed. The earlier you seek it, the better. <laughs> when did Joseph know exactly what he was supposed to do with his life? When did he know? When did Joseph have the dream concerning his life? When? How old was he? I'm not talking about Jesus' father. I'm talking about the first Joseph. The first person who had the name Joseph. Do you know he had a dream? Very big dream. He saw the stars, the moon, and the sun bowing down to him. Do you remember? And he saw sheaves bowing down to him. His brother's sheaves bowing down to him. Do you remember? How old was he when he had those dreams? One seven. He was 17. If you have passed 15, you have passed the stage of getting to know where God wants you to be. You have passed a long time. You are, be, you are almost becoming useless. When was David anointed by God? He was 17 years old when he was anointed by God. When were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego carried into... were 17. 17. You have passed it long ago. You are 25. You have passed it long ago. The earlier you sit down and see God concerning what he wants you to do, the better it will be for you. You prevent confusion in your life. You understand? You, you, you rid your life of confusion and rid your life of trial and error. No, plenty of noise. Trial and error. You go here, when you come here. I've always known where I'll be. I knew. I knew. I sought God to know exactly where he wants me to be. Yeah. Then after finding out, I started devout. You see, it's, it's either you know you are trying to swerve. Or you don't know. Some people know, but they are trying to swerve it. You know where you know it. Like you know that I'm supposed to be here. You are becoming like Jonah. You end up in the whale's belly, you see. This principle is repeated all over in the Bible. When the Temple of Solomon was being built, two people, two individuals were involved in the building of the Temple of Solomon. The first guy was Solomon himself. Solomon was not a priest. He didn't know about architecture. 
His father had a vision of the plan of the building and gave it to him and supplied all the money and the resources for it. Do you know what he did? He went for a man, okay, from another place called Tai, whose name was called Huram Abi. And Huram was the one who brought the technical knowledge to build the temple of God. One supplied the money, one supplied the ability, the skill to build it. Two individuals, two different classes. The one who is into business and knows the plan of God and knows the will of God and hence supplies and is a sponsor of it. And the one who is into constructing it and building it and putting it up. Two different individuals. Same thing with the tabernacle. When the tabernacle was being built, Moses was the one who saw the vision. He was a priest of God and supplied the pattern. Who built it? Aholiab and Bezalel. They built it. They were the ones who constructed. God filled them with wisdom to construct the thing. The church of Israel supplied money to make it happen. So Moses and Aholiab and all those guys were on one side, the church of Israel were on the other side to build, to bring money, to make it happen. So God may want you to be in the world of entertainment. He may want you to be in the world of fashion. He may want you to be in the world of government to send his influence there. All those places are places that God is interested in. Until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord takes over the earth. As the waters that covers the sea. He's not coming. He says, occupy till I come. You think he was joking? He was not joking. He was very serious. God may want you to be in the world of education. To rid our system, our educational structure of foolishness. Yes. Wrong ideologies. It's even scary to take your child to school. Yeah. We need godly men to be there. So that they don't turn our sons into gay, gay boys and girls. It's something to think about. You can only dream big when you know where he wants you to be. Then you can dream big. So if he wants you to be in education, don't think about it. You start dreaming big after getting to know that he wants you to be in education. After getting to know, first of all, that he wants you to conform to the image of his son and aid others to conform to the image of his son. When you're establishing your school, you will not establish your school to just teach something else. You establish your school to help people to conform to the image of his son. Then you can think about it going to the ends of the earth because our, our realm of contact is the whole earth. The promise that he gave to Abraham was to make him great for the whole of the earth, families of the earth to be blessed in him. So now that I know that I'm supposed to be in ministry, my catchment area is not worthy. My catchment area is the whole world. So I have every business to dream big. Dream with the whole world in mind. What did God tell Abraham? He said, look, after Lot had departed, he said, look as far as your eyes can see. Northwards, southwards, westwards, eastwards. There have I given unto you. How far your eyes can see is what I've given to you. You can start dreaming when you know where you're supposed to be. Else you can, all your dreams are waste. Wishful thinking. You will not get any fool. God is not committed to sponsoring things he has not commissioned. He's not committed to sponsoring visions he didn't, he didn't commission. No, 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 he will not sponsor it. No vision from God, no provision from God. That is why a lot of children of God are struggling. It's not God who has spoken. Yet they say it's God who has spoken. 
You didn't hear God. It was an ambition. It was an intuition. It was a, 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 a feeling. It was an impression. You saw someone doing it, you liked it, so you want to also do the same thing. It doesn't go like that. It doesn't go like that. We find mentors after we found what God wants us to do. Then we can find mentors along the line that God wants us to go in. Then we can function. Or else you get a wrong mentor. And he'll mentor you in the wrong way. And you get there. I'm showing you life. I'm talking to you about life. You must see God. Okay? That's a true desire. A man. Having separated himself intermeddled with all wisdom through desire you must have it i want to know god what do you want me to it's important too it's important too do you know reverend george do you know reverend george does not have a church he's not started a church do you know how many of you know that he's not started a church this is his church he gives his offerings to this church i started a church why is it like that even though we are all in ministry in ministry there are specifics in the ministry. You don't just start something that God has not said you should start. How do you know? You must stand upon your watch and see what your Lord will say. You don't just do things. You don't just say that, oh, there are churches, we are, we are in ministry. Everybody's starting a church. My colleague has started a church. That's an that's impression. You are being led by impression. Or ambition. Oh, I've always thought that I'm supposed to have a church. You are lying. You'll be in trouble. Because it's not everybody who's supposed to start a church. You start a church and it is the beginning of your death. One man of God said, you see your brother, your younger brother building a specialist hospital. You say, that, ah, I can build a bigger hospital than that. So you also start some. You'll be the first patient to be admitted in that hospital. Be first patient. No, it's, it's principles from the spirit. You will don't just move. Who will see that certain thing and it coming to pass? Lamentation chapter 33 verse what? Lamentation 33. Who is he that said the thing and it came to pass when the Lord commanded it not? Who is he? You can say it for yourself. It will not come to pass. You can say it with whatever, with shakings. It will not come to pass. Hmm. Lamentation 37. Who is he? Read it to me. I want to go. When the Lord commanded it not. When God, God has not said it, what are you doing? You must hear from God. I said it's not difficult to hear from God. Yeah. You are trained to hear from God. You can hear from God very easily. You see, because you can have a dream that is not from God. How do we differentiate? How Prayer. It's called prayer. You see, that's why we speak in tongues. That's why we pray. Because sometimes I can get an idea. You can get a dream. You can get an idea. That is actually not from God. But as you are praying, okay? I, I'm even talking about Knowing the first layer, the vision of God, you conforming and aiding others to conform and finding out that you are in ministry. Even in the ministry, we don't just act. Okay? You must find, because even you found out that you're supposed to be in ministry, you're supposed to start a church. In starting the church and in doing the things that God wants you to do, you can be led to do things you are not supposed to do. So at every point in time, you must find out what God wants you to do. How do we do that? An idea may be ministered to you, but they are, you don't just go ahead and implement the idea. You wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. As they that wait upon the Lord, that's the result of waiting upon the Lord. 
He says, they shall what? Mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait upon us shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. Who is greater than an eagle? Eagles are the symbol of greatness. You, you can't defeat them. We don't just act. Tell me, but we don't just act. We don't just dream. You must find out exactly what God wants you to do. How? By waiting on God. How do you wait on God? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Pray. Find time. Too many Christians walk around without waiting on God. How can you be a child of God and not find out what your father is saying? How can you be a child of God and you are just making decisions with your head? And with situations around you? It is the reason why you are on the level you are on. It is the reason why your greatness has not showed. Because you are not asking your caller. You are doing things the way you want. We just make do investments. Because people are doing it. That's why we always lose our money. Haven't you lost money? You've lost money. Plenty money. So what do we do? We pray. We pray. We speak in tongues. If the dream is not from God, if the vision is not from God, if what you are seeing specifically concerning what... Understand what I've said though. You seek God to know where you're supposed to be. And when you find out where you're supposed to be, you continue seeking God in every single stage. Because God leaves you per time. Do you understand? Sometimes you get a dream, you get a, you get a vision, you get, you get an idea. You think it's from God, but you subject it to prayer. As you are praying, kula hadada seko, lara shiklamosi, plego la hasanande, leglo shonomo. The more you pray, the more the idea leaves your mind. The more distant you become away from that dream. The more distant you become away from that particular thing that you thought was what God wants you to do. It leaves your mind. You don't even have strength to accomplish it. You don't have strength to do it. You don't even think about it anymore. The next thing to do is to ask God, God, if this is not what you want me to do, then what do you want me to do? Which one? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do now? Hallelujah. You speak in tongues, that's what God will bring to your... God is a master communicator. He will bring it to your mind. Don't make it look as though God cannot talk. God does not talk. God is not a dumb God. He's not a dumb idol. He talks. That's the difference between God and the idols. You can seek the idols till you die. They will not talk. You remember Elijah? And the prophets of... The, the priests of Baal? Do you remember? Yeah, when they set up the challenge, the... the, the the idol Baal could not say anything. He didn't bring down fire. Elijah was laughing at the people. Maybe he has gone to bed. Maybe he has traveled. He's gone out with his girlfriend. He's eating. He can't come. But immediately, Elijah spoke. God answered with fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants you to be so exceptional in expressing the greatness that he has put inside you. This is the way. It may not look popular. It's not popular. What I'm saying is not popular. What I'm saying is not popular. It doesn't even look attractive. The way you're looking at me, it's like it's too slow. Isn't it? It's just like, when am I going to wait on God? How many days? What is God going to say? Was it one month, one year? It, you see, the cost of waiting on God is better than the cost of losing a lot of things in the future. You go and you realize that, hey, we're doing for the last 40 years, you have been on the wrong path. It's in your own interest. When you found out, then you can dream big. 
big. So probably God tells you, yours is to work on shoes. Yours is to work on shoes. Don't insult God. <laughs> Maintain yourself in the vision. Don't say that, God, so you created me to do shoes. Shoes. What is shoes? After university. Shoes from Ghana. Where is it going to be? If you despise what God is saying to you, you are in trouble. You lose out of what God wants for you. You'll be prosperous, but you will not be up to the level that God had planned for you. There was this man in Yongicho's church several years ago. You know, Yongicho's church has hundreds of thousands of millionaires. As of 1988, they had 50,000 millionaires, dollar millionaires. 1987, 88, 89, they're about. They had 50,000 millionaires. Do you know 50,000? Do you know South Korea is one of the richest countries in the world? Do you know where all those rich people go to church? His church. Do you know how they came to his church? Wretched, poor, negative people who were in debt. What brought them out from debt to zero and continue from zero to $100 and to $1,000? And to one million dollars and to millions of dollars. What I'm telling you now. If you would take time to do what I'm telling you. You know, so in that church, they've built a special place in the mountain. It's called the prayer mountain. Every church member goes there once every month. You are going to wait on God. There are chambers in the mountain. You enter the chamber, you close it, you are there three days. You are talking to God. What do you want the business? How do you want the business to go? Before you come down, when you come down, you are sure that you succeed. Because it should not matter how much we lay hands on you and pro- proclaim prosperity on you. If you don't do what we are telling you, forget it. Your greatness will be hidden. You, it will not show. It will not manifest itself. It won't. It's hard, but I have to tell you. You have to learn it now. Okay? The country is getting difficult, more difficult. The whole world is getting more difficult. Because everybody wants to use the scarce resource that is actually designed for some people to use. There are resources that you are supposed to use. It's not the same. You've left, everybody wants to be in the banking sector. Has God called you to be in the banking sector? That's why the banks are collapsing. Maybe God has called you to do agriculture, but you don't respect agriculture. God has called you to plant corn. Corn. Your prosperity is in corn. But you are despising it. This guy went to pray. He went to pray. He asked God, after hearing his pastor talk like this, like I'm telling you now, he went to pray, God, what, where do you want me to dream big? I want to dream big like you say I should dream. Oh, my greatness, I should show. What, what do you want me to do? He prayed. When he prayed, God told him, leather. Yours is leather. It's yours. God said, yours is leather. Leather. Do you know leather? Leather, belt, shoe, whatever. That's what God told him. And he took God seriously. When he came back, he started, God told him, do leather bags and sell. Put them in a shop. He started a small shop. He would do the leather bag. He couldn't even do the leather bag himself. He had to get people to do the leather bag. When they do it, and he buys it from them, and he puts them in a shop. If he bought it at $1, he's able to sell it at $10. And everybody wants to buy his leather bags. His wife will be praying and see a design for women. And come and draw it. They will do it. It will sell more than $100 million. He has shops in US everywhere. From South Korea to the world. 
Another guy went to pray. God told him, salt. He also salt. He started doing iodated salt. On en masse. Who, who doesn't eat salt? Who has not eaten salt today? You don't respect salt. Do you respect salt? It is just like it's nothing. But it is one of the most, ex, most wealth-producing commodities in the whole world. Do you know Aliko Dangote? Dangote has made his money by selling salt, sugar, gari, cement, rice. Finish. But you see, you can't just go and go and sell rice because I said someone has made money out of rice. That is the problem. That is what the problem is. You get it? When you hear, hey, scalmo, let's do some. It is the beginning of your end. It is the beginning of your end. Ah. Talk to God. Okay? Find out what God wants you to be. Then you can dream big. Dream to the ends of the world. Dream that what you have produced, whatever God wants you to get involved in is going to the ends of the world. Yeah. After you have dreamed big, the next thing is to discipline yourself in line with God's dream for you. (laughs) So key number two, vital key number two, discipline yourself in line with God's dream for you. Discipline yourself in line with God's dream for you. Discipline yourself in line with God's dream for you. Discipline yourself in line with God's dream for you. A lot of Christians are where they are because of lack of discipline. Do you know how I've prepared to come and stand before you and talk to you? Every time I'm coming to you, I'm I'm afraid. I fear. Can you imagine? I shake. I told my wife, until I finish preaching, I'll not be comfortable. Yeah. There are some sleeps that you have. You don't have to sleep. You have been sleeping too much. You've been eating too much. I speak the truth. I lie not. My conscience bear me witness. Christians, Christians can be some one of the laziest groups in the whole world. Every other person believes in disciplining themselves, apart from Christians. We want. We want it all, but on a silver platter. It's a mistake. It doesn't work like that. I beg you, it doesn't work like that. Do you know, do you, you see, the, the mini, what we are sitting in and what we are experiencing as a ministry, okay, has been by the grace of God. But it is the grace of God to labor, to work hard, to discipline yourself, to do some things. Yesterday we were calculating how, how many days we fasted this year. Pastors, we fasted 70 days this year. Did you hear me? 70 days to keep the system going. Yeah. 70 days if we put everything together. We did 40 days from, from July to August. Isn't it? Yes. You want to achieve greatness. You want greatness to manifest. You are eating, drinking, for tomorrow we die. Yeah, true. You must learn to tame your flesh. Let me show you some scriptures. Can I show you some scriptures? First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 12. When you find out your, your dream, when you are, you are dreaming big now, you are dreaming big, you are dreaming big, you want your company to go to the ends of the world, you want your ministry to go to the ends of the world, you want this one to go to the ends of the world, you want your profession to carry you to the ends of the world. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just carry. 
We don't, the God doesn't just carry people. No. No. He carries people who are disciplined. People who have disciplined themselves. People who don't just stay in the system. No. You pick one book, you can't read. What are you talking about? Discipline is, I, I'm going to read this book. You make sure you go through what you say you are reading. Yeah, you're a Christian. You, you, you must show forth God's excellence. That's what God wants us to do. How can you be eating and sleeping and just doing whatever you want to do? No. No, you must discipline. There are things that if you don't do, your dream will never come to pass. And there are things if you do, your dream will never come to pass as well. And God will show you per time what you should do and what you should not do. I'll not give you anything. I'll just speak in general terms. You can decode it for yourself. He says, all things are lawful unto me. But all things are not expedient, or all things are not advantageous. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Amplified. Let's read the amplified. Everything is permissible, allowable, and, and lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Not all things are good for me to do. Not all things are expedient and profitable when considered with other things. Everything is lawful for me, but I will not become the slave of anything or be brought under its power. Some of us are under the power of sleep. You must shorten your sleep. No, you can't say you want your what you want, what you are producing to get to the ends of the world when you're sleeping for six hours. No, 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 no. You want to make world impact? Ask Mark Zuckerberg how many hours he slept when he was bringing Facebook up. Now he can sleep. He can sleep now. He sleeps and he gets billions of dollars. Even in a natural, he, he natural things. He doesn't sleep. People are snoring. There's a time to sleep. There's a time to be awake. There's time for everything. Don't just dream. Don't just dream. When you dream, you discipline yourself in line with the dream that you know you have. Dreams that are from God are good for God and good for people. Yeah, that's how they are. They are good for God and they are good for people. They help God, they help people. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Same scripture, similar scripture is there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. Something, something must come out of your life. Seriously, Leo. What do you think? Something must come out of your life. Something must come. He says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Have you seen it? All things edify not. Oh, it's not all things that build up. Amplify. All things are legitimate, permissible, and we are free to do anything we please. But not all things are helpful, expedient, profitable, and wholesome. All things are legitimate, but not all things are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life. Not all things. Not all things. Do you know the discipline doctors have to go through to become doctors? And even after becoming a doctor, do you know the discipline you need to go through to become a specialist? It's not a joke. Is it a joke? No. You see my wife learning. I mean, who is husband? Who is, who is children? 
Forget it. No, it's the demand of what is happening. She must discipline herself to accomplish what God wants her to accomplish. Yeah. You see, most of my colleagues in ministry's wives are full-time ministry with them. Prophet Adam's wife is in full-time ministry with him. He's not pastoring a church with close to 2,000 people in it. But his wife is full-time ministry with him. Reverend George's wife is in full-time ministry with him. Why is my wife not in full-time ministry with me? It's an arrangement. <laughs> no. We have to pray about it and find out what God wants. You don't just sit and say, Sure, wait, 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 this one is here. This one. Why are, you, why are you doing this? Come, come, come and let's do this one. We may be in trouble. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. We don't just do things. We don't just make decisions and we just go. No. You must see God. You discipline yourself. You discipline yourself. Tame your body. Tell anybody, tame your body. Tame your, body. your body is too in charge of you. Hmm? Your body is in charge of you. Yes, you must tame your body. You must let your body know. Some, someone says, I'm fasting, I'm, I, I was hungry and I went to eat. What are you talking about? No, what are you talking about? What, what is the purpose of fasting? You'll be hungry. Won't you be hungry when you're fasting? You are into communion. Banku and okro, the banku is the, blood, is the body of Christ. And the okro is the blood of, is the blood of Christ. What are you talking about? are you talking about? You say you are fasting. You say you are praying. When it's like it's dry, this thing is too dry. Then you went to, you go and sleep. What are you talking about? You start what's happening. You are postponing your life. That's what you are doing. I'm being honest with you. I can say things to you that will excite you. I'm showing you things that are real that you need for your life. You have to learn to manage your time well. You don't just talk from morning to evening about nothing. Nothing. How can you change the political scene by talking about it? No, how? Meanwhile, you are not even a politician. You have not been called to be a politician. Some of us have been called to be politicians. But some of us have not been called to be politicians. But we are all commenting concerning Kufuad and what he has done and what he has not done. You know all the minister's names. You know what is happening in Bronga half right now. You listen to Kokroko a little. Then listen to Joy a little. Then to City News File. Then to this one. How is it profiting you? There are two groups of people who watch the TV. Who are on TV. The one who is being watched and the one who watches. Decide to be the one to be watched. Not the other way around. Decide to be the one to be watched. Not the other. Ask those who are watched whether they watch TV much. They don't watch TV much. You just waste your time watching TV. Morning till evening. Just changing channels. You go here a little. Then you come here a little. You go here a little. You come here a little. Always on WhatsApp. Always on. We, we, don't, we never see you off WhatsApp. When we come online, we are always there. Last scene. 4.45. 4. We go, we come back again at 10.45. Last scene, 10.45. Hey, you are always on. 
You're always on. I went, I went, I went on, uh, is it Facebook Messenger? I went on Facebook Messenger. Someone sent me a message there. So I checked it. Then the person sent again, sent again, sent again. Then after some time, I checked. I was like, ah, it's like you're always on, you're always on Facebook Messenger. Then he said, oh, no. I keep it on, on. I don't know if you can do that. She says she keeps it on. Active. You are not there, but you are active. I said, ah, what is the meaning of all this? Internet is stealing your life. You are not disciplined. Your phone is too close to you. Your phone has never gone off. Unless battery, your battery died. You have not intentionally put your phone off and said that. I'm putting my phone off for the next one day. I want to talk to God for one day. How has waiting on God helped you? Has it helped you since you... It has helped me a whole lot. You cannot gather your thoughts unless you wait on God. You can't. It's not possible. You've been so many things. You will not know what to live and what to focus on. Discipline. Timing. Timing. Listen, there's no time, oh... There's no time. You won't get 27 hours at getting to the end of your life. You'll still get 24. Still 24. The earlier you do something with yourself, the better. You'd be dead. The age where the industrial age has passed, though. Do you know the industrial age has passed? The age where you, are, you come out of school and you're employed. The, day, the age where mechanical engineering meant something. It doesn't mean anything now. It doesn't, he's a mechanical engineer. Ask him whether he's using it. Doesn't mean it will do something for you, but it is not what you be living your life on. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Ask how many lawyers are suffering. You are in school, you are learning whatever I'm learning. What, what, what are you doing? Oh, I'm a pharmacist. Finish and see, you will see. Just finish and see. You may end up dragging yourself and dying. It's not a joke. You must, you, you must be very sharp, very smart. Talk to God. Tell me about talk to God. Find out. Find out. Find out. Don't waste time. Don't waste time. There's no time. Don't waste time. Okay? The Bible says, Go to the ants, thou sluggard. Thou lazy man. Proverbs chapter what? Verse 6. Let's read it. I'll talk about diligence a little bit. Then we'll go to the next point. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. Go to the ants, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Do you know who a sluggard is? A lazy fool. There are different types of laziness. You lazy fool. Yeah. Message by version. You lazy fool. They are fools and they are lazy fools. Yes. They are fools and they are lazy fools. An upgraded fool. This is a foolish bad boy. You lazy fool, look at an ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Next verse. Message. Let's read the message version. Next verse. Nobody has to tell it what to do. Nobody. It is disciplined. Discipline tells you to live a lifestyle of shadows. You know where you're supposed to be at what time. What you're supposed to be doing at what time. You're not just there. What are you doing? Oh, today is a free day. We, don't, we are not really doing anything. My lecture didn't come. There's something wrong with your brain. My lecture didn't come. Do you know you have more money in school than you may have outside of school? Do you know you have more time in school than you may have outside of school? Oh, you don't know? Finish it. Finish and come. Don't worry. Just finish and come. 
Do you know how many people have worn the academic pomposity you are going to wear? Do you know academic pomposity? Aka pompo. The robe that they wear when they are graduating from the school. Do you know how many? Nobody keeps the robe. They bring it back. Every year they bring it back. You are also coming to wear what so many people have worn. You are not the only one who has, who is coming to wear it. Your father wore it. You are also coming to wear it now. Oh, yes. Why you throw the hat like that? And then they take the picture. Like that. It may not mean anything. You may have gotten a D in school, but don't get a D in life. You understand? Don't get a D in life. I'm showing you how not to get a D in life. Be disciplined. Nobody has to tell it what to do. You go, go to the next verse. All summer, it stores up food. At harvest, it stockpiles provisions. It prepares for the future. Prepares for the future. It knows what to do per time. And it does it. So that when hunger comes, it will not be found wanting. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? There are two problems of time. Too much time and too little time. Most of us have too much time. Too much time. You don't know what to use it for. You could be reading something extra concerning what God wants you to do. That big dream you are dreaming. It's not just about dreaming. You. After you have dreamt, discipline must come. You must discipline yourself. Okay? You must discipline. Go where you're supposed to go. Watch what you're supposed to watch. There are things you watch that will not help you. Oh, man, men of God. Men and women of God. I mean... There are things you watch that, uh, forget about what you are thinking. Um, it's okay about, you are watching a telenovela. How is it going to help you? It's roasting your mind. And you are still watching it. You don't have any plan for watching. You can fry your brain for two continuous days. Watching one series to the other, back to back. Season one, season two, season three, season four, season five. So you wait for two seasons to come, then you sit down and you watch everything. <laughs> Men and brethren, it is the devil's means of killing your, your greatness. That's what the devil does to kill your greatness. If you don't know, I'm telling you. The time you could have spent praying to become, to, to know ideas, have ideas concerning what to do, and have insights concerning what to do, and link up to the prosperity that God wants you to link up to, you are using it to watch something foolish. Discipline is keeping yourself from things you are supposed to keep yourself from, and doing the things you are supposed to do to accomplish the dream that God has given to you. How long before you get out of bed? Hmm? That is why you may not be able to live in Accra and go to work. Yes, because you have to wake up early. <laughs> you have to wake up very early. And you come back very late. And the following day, you are still at work. You realize that you, you are employed. By the time your pay comes, one half of your eye is gone. You can't open it. You are sleeping like this. And imagine yourself doing that for 20 years. And remaining on that. You need God. Though. You need God. I'm telling you. You need God. It will frustrate you. They will suck the life out of you. You realize that you have become like a tenting road. Do you know a tenting road? You have become like cotton. When the wind blows you, you are going like this. Yeah. But it will suck out of all the life out of you. All the life. 
They say, if you don't know where you're going, any road will lead you there. If you don't know where you're going, then any road will lead you there. Any road. Yeah. You must discipline and stay away to reach some things. Eh? You must go on the internet for the right reasons, for the right things. Not straying into foolishness. Closely linked to discipline is diligence. It's the same point. It's the same point. Discipline, diligence. Okay? Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29. Look at Proverbs 22, 29. See as that man who is diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. You want, your, you want what you are doing to go around the world. That is what it means to stand before kings. You want to go to the ends of the world. No, you can't just go. You need an A-class team. And for an A-class team to be built, we are not sleeping in a certain way. We are not doing some things. I met a certain witness chapel pastor. And he said something. I realized that we are jokers. Yes. I realized we are jokers. But I realized that it's time. We are getting there. Gradually. Mm. He said something. He used to be on the Canaan Land Campus. Okay. And Bishop Oyedepo called for a prayer meeting. Let's see at 5.30 p.m. In their mind, they are praying for two hours. To pray. 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 9.30 has passed. They are still praying. 10.30. They are still praying. And all the way to 12 30. The bishop will say, Okay, it's good. Let's thank God for what He has done for us. Thank you, Lord, that it will be done. They may not know what they have been praying about. But thank you, Lord, that it will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Then they will go to bed. Just when they put their heads on the, on the pillow like this to sleep, another call. Can Bishop will call again? That's around 1 30. Beloved, come and let's pray once again. The Lord has showed me something that we need to pray about. At 1.30, you may pray till 3.30 or 4.30 before you go back to bed. Mind you, 8 a.m. you are supposed to be at work. Once again, 8 a.m. you are supposed to be at work. Yeah. Be careful what you are desiring. Yeah, you are desiring some things. I want to be like Bishop Be careful. You don't know what goes into being Bishop Oedipal. Bishop Oedipal said, even my enemies know that I'm busy. <laughs> even my enemies know that I'm busy. See as that man who is diligent in his business, he shall stand before king. He shall not stand before mere men. I don't know about you. I don't want to stand before mere men. I want to stand before kings. Yeah. That's why I'm turning you into a king. You must be a king. You see, we are kings and priests in the kingdom of God, isn't it? I'm talking about the realization of it. It has to show. It has to show. That's what I'm preaching to you. I want to stand before kings. You are going to be the kings. You are the kings. And you're going to manifest those, that, king, that kingship. Yeah. Physical. Practically. You are a king in wherever God wants you to be. Yeah. If you're a pastor, you're a pastor with a difference. You're not a pastor who has just, you've had 20 people for the last five years. I mean, what are you? You are not a king. You are, you are a joke. You are a joke. You are clearly a joke. Yeah, how can you be a branch pastor and have 50 people for five years? There's something wrong. There's something clearly wrong. You are not dreaming big enough. Are you a joker? You are sleeping. You are not into fasting and praying and doing something. You don't, you don't do what the ministry requires. You are snoring and sleeping and not fasting and not doing anything. That's why it's like that. It has to be different. Look at Proverbs chapter 12. I just want to read some more scriptures to you. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. Proverbs 12, 24. 
Let's read 11 first. Proverbs 12, 11, then we read 24. Okay? Verse 12, 11. He that tilleth his land shall be what? He that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Instead of working, you are following people you are not supposed to follow. Vain persons. Let's read Amplified. I'm sure to show you what he's trying. He who tills his land shall be satisfied with bread. But he who follows worthless pursuits is lacking in sense and is without understanding. Worthless pursuits. Worthless pursuits. Message. You are lacking in sense. This is the one who stays on the job, has food on the table. The witless chase whims and fancies. You work, you have food on your table. If you don't work, no food on your table. It is called hard work. Nothing can exchange for it. Hard work. Do you understand hard work? Yeah, work hard. When you are resting, you rest, you rest hard. You are always resting. You are always tired. It's on your lips. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Every time you are tired. You are in rest mode. Sleep mode. Rest mood. He who tills his land shall be satisfied with bread. If he tills the land, he will be satisfied with bread. You want food to eat? Till your land. You want there to be food in your kitchen? You know, when you enter some houses, there are discussions concerning food. The, the man there will open the fridge and say, Who took the milk? Asking questions. Who drank? You see, it's not that the milk is not the milk is in the fridge, but it has reduced more. How, what? How much? How much did you pour into your tea the last time? Was it one ladle or one teaspoon or one whatever? Have you ever seen some before? They measure the, the milk before they give it to you. Measure it. They pour it like this. Everybody gets a small piece. You may start like that, but after some years, it has to change. How? You must steal your land. You must be busy doing what God wants you to do. If I were not hardworking, do you think you will contribute to my support? Do you think you come and so you came, you have come to sow into my life today? Yeah. Last year you sold about seventy thousand Ghana cities. Yes. About seven, if I were not hardworking, do you think it would have happened? No, it wouldn't have happened. You wouldn't have even thought about me. There are pastors who nobody thinks about. Nobody thinks about them. The wages of a pastor's life is in his impact. If you make impact, do also so into your life. That's how it works. No, I don't joke with I don't joke with Weko. Ask my wife how many times I've traveled to Accra this year. How many times have I traveled to Accra this year? Uncountable. I may have gone like sixty times. If I should come from January till now, I may have gone and come. As in one one going going like this sixty. If I do going and coming one twenty, I'm not joking. By air, by land, whatever we are going and coming, going and coming. To make that's, this is my work. Nobody should tell me what to do. I don't wait for anybody to tell me to do. How many of you tell me what to do? Do you tell me what to do? Do you tell me what to do? Do you tell me what to do? I just do what I'm supposed to do. I hold my place, what I'm supposed to be. You can be in your corner, and you are just in your corner. Quiet. You're not doing much. No hard way, you're just there. You do small, you are tired. You do small, you are tired. Do you know where Bishop Dag is right now? Bishop Dag is in Burundi. Do you know how many times he has traveled this year? Up and down. I say I've traveled 120 times. He has done, some people have done way beyond what I've done. Way beyond it. 
ministry is not for lazy people. If you think that is their way of es- escape, so you will get into ministry. You are joking. If you knew what, never think that this is our only job, preaching to you. It's not. No, you ask them. Ask them what they do during the week. The things that comes to their mind during the week. You will cry, especially if you are the one preaching. <laughs> ask Pastor Eugene, he will tell you. Go to verse 24 now. Have you seen it? Read it to me. One to go. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. He shall rule. How many of you want to rule the world? No, you see, we, we, we have to do something. What do you think? We have to do something. It is not difficult. It can be done. America should not be the place to visit. Why not our country? I don't know if I should say this. We went to Dubai. The very first day we arrived, a certain company met us at the airport and said that they want to take us on a tour and show us their hotels. And they introduced us to a certain business. The business was to buy a hotel room in their hotel so that whoever stays there, the money comes to you. You get it? Is it a good business? Is it a good business? Very good business, isn't it? Guess the price of one room. Minimum room. It's $500,000. One room. It's, it may be just like this. It's finished. $500,000. And guess what? Do you know they are number one clients in the world? Guess. Which, which people are their number one clients? Shamaname. What, what are you saying? Nigerians. Nigerians are the, their number one clients. They take all the money from Nigeria. Now, when we got there, a day before we got there, a Russian had come to buy 23 of such rooms. Now, 20, 23 of such rooms. And yet still, their number one client is Nigeria. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And Ghanaians are following. We are very close to, to, their, to that number. Yes. So when, when they see, the, they don't meet the whites at the airport, they meet the blacks at the airport because they know that they are the ones who will come and invest in Dubai. They will steal their money from Africa. No, if you have, if you have $50 million, why won't you develop your country and do something for your country? Why, why, why wouldn't you do that? you rather, and stolen money, you take it to Dubai and go and buy hotel rooms so that people will come and sleep there and you get profits. Nonsense. That's the kind of continent you are living in. Black. Everything is black. Brains are black. Everything is black. Wickedness. No, it must change. It has to change. What do you think? It has to change. We have to do something. I'm staring your mind. Don't you? I'm staring your mind that you can do something. Something can come out of your life. What are you thinking about as a child of God? Are you thinking about just growing, getting one house, living inside with your wife, going, working, and going up and down, and then that's it? No, you must influence the world. We must influence our, and the way to influence our world is through hard work. Finding out what God wants us to do and staying on that job. Staying on that job. Staying on it and doing what God wants us to do. That is what we are supposed to do. Do you understand? Yeah, so stop. They produce, we are consumers. We are the consumers. We are consumers of everything. Can you imagine that Land Cruiser, Land Cruiser, which is supposed to be in one country, we exceeded about two years ago. 
we exceeded the yearly import for one country. We exceeded. Yes, we exceeded that number. What's 2015 or 16? 15. We exceeded the number. And they said that, no, it's, it's enough. So we should keep it for the year. The following year, they'll produce another type for us. Yeah. Ghana. Like it. Bang. A crackumas road, we can't connect. Look at how many people die. When you're driving on that road, it's like nobody has died on it before. Have you realized? If you don't see a real accident, you would think that nobody dies on that road. It's always looking neat. There's no blood on it. When someone dies now, nah, they come. They come and wash all the blood away. I saw some happening. The plenty of people died. They were just washing the blood. So that you will not be scared. You can drive on it anyways. You have to become something. Okay? Dream big. Tell me about dream big. Dream big. This is the desire of God for your life. He has called you for greatness. Whatever you are doing, whatever it is that God will put you in, listen, have the world in mind. Have the world to the ends of the world. That's how, that's how I think. Oh. Haven't you noticed how I talk? That's how I think. We are going. We are, I don't despise process. I don't ignore the process. I know that we move from one place to the other. Okay? I know what it means to have one church member. As for saying, we know what it means to have one. Don't you remember? He was my keyboardist. And he was my prayer papa. Yes, you do opening prayer, everything. You play keyboard, I'll sing. Then we'll, pre- then we'll preach. In a small classroom, how many people were the people in the church, in that church at that time? Seven, eight, seven, eight. His keyboard playing, but we're there because that's what God says we should do. That's what God says we should do. So we're inside. It didn't look like anything, but we're still inside. It's called process. You move from one stage to the other. You discipline yourself. You you are diligent. You work hard at what you are doing. You work hard at what you are doing. Ask how many meetings we have had. How many meetings have we had? Since the church started, we've had plenty of meetings. Do you know how the church, the way the church was, you didn't have attended. We used to meet on Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We are meeting every time. You come to church on Sunday, you will not see the sun. No, no, no. If you're a leader, you don't see the sun. We intentionally conditioned the place and made everything black. So that when you're inside, you don't see it. Training people, training, training. We shouldn't stop that thing. Train, train. Talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Yeah, that's what produced 20 churches. Yes, we will not stop. We are going to the ends of the world. I've seen the ends of the world, and that's where we are going. Join me and let's go. Do you understand? Yeah. You to see the ends of the world with what you are doing. See, have the world vision. Have, have the world in mind. Don't think local. If your business does not cross from Ghana to Nigeria, there's something wrong with you. And if it does not cross from Nigeria to South Africa, there's something wrong with you. It has to go. It has to go. Then you can think of Sierra Leone and Liberia. Do you know all those places are part of, there are human beings in there? Do you know there are human beings in there? Yeah. You have to talk to God. God may ask you to go to Sierra Leone. They need a lot of things. We are all sitting here, everybody's smiling. (laughs) They need a lot of things. And there's money in there. But we are all sitting here and Scarce resources. The money is finished. It's called food for thought. Food for thought. Think. Think. You are responsible for your mind. At age 15, you are responsible for your mind. Think. Don't let your mind go on holiday. All you know is sex. All, 
all you know is sex. You are just wasting your whole life on sex. No, all you know is porn sex. Porn sex. Your mind has fried. Your mind has fried into porn and sex. Because you are fried. That's all you know. It's too much. So there's no space in your mind for God to even sow a seed there and show you that, Charlie, do this. Last thing, as you are moving around, you are seeing everybody's bottoms. That's what you are watching. No, there's no space on your memory disk. There's no space on your memory disk for God to sow anything. You are a lady... So many people are sleeping with you. You, you have, you have fifteen boyfriends at the time. Everybody's sleeping with you. Different sweats, people smells, whatever. Everything's on you. Everything's on you. Go to Proverbs chapter thirteen, verse four. There's more. There are more scriptures there. Proverbs thirteen, four. The soul of the sluggard desireth. You have plenty desires. A lazy man. It's plenty of desires. You want to do this. I want to do this. Sika any day are there. Or you don't know. We use money to do things. We we don't use we don't use math to do things. We use money to do things. Share. Desires. Your heart is filled with desires. You see a car, you look at it. Ah, this car is nice. My future car. This is mine. You stop claiming people's cars. Stop claiming people. Tell me, but stop claiming people's cars. Work hard, work hard. <laughs> work hard. But the soul of the diligence shall be made fat. The soul of the diligence shall be made fat. When it thinks, it just happens. Yeah, it's money. Money. What do you think? What are you doing with your 24 hours that you expect to have 100? You're a thief. You expect to have $100 million. We know you're sleeping. You're a thief, unless you're a sucker boy. Or you are in a shower. You, are, you want to do something. You are using your vagina to collect money and collect cars. Haven't you had vagina in your life before? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have to do something. Listen, put your hand here like this and say, I will think. I will think. I will not let my mind go on holiday. I will think. Yeah, you have to think. Work hard. First of all, find out whether it is what the thinking that you're thinking is, is from God. And you have, that, that one is very important. If, if you miss that one, you will think, you will work hard, but it won't do anything. Because hard work is not enough. It's hard work according to what God wants. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read verse 10. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. But whatever I am, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored. I worked hard, more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. So the grace of God makes you work hard. Do you understand? So it's hard work under the grace of God. And you must start from there. It has, to, it has to be there from there. I can afford to work hard because I know what God wants me to do. 
I can risk my life. If I die doing this, it is what God wanted me to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. We must move. We must increase. You have to do something. You have to change your... That's why last week I spoke to you about changing your levels. You have to change your levels. You have to go higher. You have stayed on this mountain for far too long. Say, but by the grace of God. Say, but by the grace of God. I am what I am. And what I am. You must discipline yourself. Yes. Hard work. Say hard work. hard work. Say it again. Hard work. Hard work. It means what it means. Hard work. You're a student. Instead of learning, you're always playing. What do you think you will get? You can pray for God to do whatever. He will do what he can. Do you know God does it according to the power that is working in you? Yes, he does according to the power that is at work in you. If there's no power there, you are, you weren't learning, you two are, you were not stirring yourself up. Point number three. Let's go to point number three. Okay, before we go to point number three, I want us to pray about point number one. I think it's very important. What do you think? Let's pray about point number one for some time. I think you have to hear from God before you go. Pastor Eli, come and come and lead us in that prayer. Let's pray for 30 minutes, then I'll continue. Okay? Begin to speak in the language of the Spirit. It's time to hear from God. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.